stronghold and say, Hey, not me. The Bible says I am blessed. The Bible says he was made poor that I may become rich. The Bible says I am not weak. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. Go ahead and reign in life. Go ahead and move mountains. Go ahead and jump. Go ahead and win. Go and make lots of progress in life. Why? It's possible. You are listening to a podcast by Senior Pastor of Life Free Church, Prophet Gomezio Shamani. Praise be to God. Alright, so today we're going to be looking at just going to be quickly looking at a, 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 a subject that I've entitled Judgment Systems. Judgment Systems. And I believe you all know what judgment is. It is a system that supreme personnel get to use over people, affairs, laws, and different things altogether. Now, judgment is a very important demonstration because without it, without judgment, in most cases, there is lack of order. Without judgment, there is lack of peace. Without judgment, there is lack of preservation. And so judgment is a system that was introduced by the Lord, passed on to the sons of men. And even the realms of the spirit to ensure that order takes place, to ensure that there is a preservation of peace, to ensure that divine systems are carried out effectively. In Genesis chapter number 1, the Bible tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word God is translated Elohim. And this is the word that describes God not only as a creator, but also describes him as a supreme judge of the universe. So, even when we talk about justice or when we talk about judgment, we do understand that God is a judge. Somebody say God is a judge. In fact, when you read Psalms chapter number 89 and verse 14, the Bible shows us something about God's judgment. Psalms chapter 89 and verse 14. 14, 14. Psalms 89 and verse 14. I'll read it. The Bible says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. 
righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne and mercy and truth go before your face now it's very interesting in as much as the bible tells us that righteousness and justice are the foundation of god's throne the bible gets to also show us that justice is not just or rather judgment is not just expressed by god if you can just allow yourself not to be distracted by the media screen and follow me closely so like i said judgment is not just expressed by god judgment is also expressed by us other other personnels that's why have you wondered the bible tells us in isaiah that no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper right and then it says and every tongue that rises against you in judgment notice there are tongues that can speak against you in judgment it is to show you that not only god can pronounce judgment hallelujah Ooh. but the effectiveness of judgment the standing of judgment number one depends on the rank of the judge or the potency of the judge so despite having many judges the one that stands out to have the final say and the final judgment is the one that has the highest of ranks and the highest of potency and power do you wonder why we say jehovah has the final say there is no rank above him in fact when you study the scriptures he is called the supreme judge in the courts of the land you will understand that judges are also differently ranked and preside over different cases a judgment that may have been done from a local court or the magistrate court can be escalated to the high court a judgment once passed from the high court can be escalated to the supreme court but after the supreme court there's nowhere else it's the final say amen and amen but one thing you need to understand is that even though you and i can judge even though other personnels can judge the difference in judgment this what i call the difference in judgment there's a there's a distinction in how judgment is done you know a wicked person can pronounce a judgment but now what differs the judgment that comes from god and the judgment that is outside the parameters of god is that the judgment that is coming from god remember the bible says righteousness and what justice are the foundation of his throne it simply means from his throne he can pronounce judgment but his judgment are in the parameters of righteousness and justice others can pronounce judgment but their judgments are not just their judgments are not righteous amen and amen to be just is not just to be faithful it's also to be right so there are certain judgments that people pronounce 
even in the name of the Lord, but are wrong. They are pronouncing judgments, not like the supreme judge, but other judges. So, let's go a little bit deeper into this. If we've understood what judgment is all about and even pointed out that God can judge, our next question is, can man judge? Ask your neighbor, can you judge? What has your neighbor said? Don't ask them, are you sure? Can you judge? <laughs> the next question now you need to ask your neighbor is, all right, depending on the answer that you said, whether can you judge, if you said yes, the next question is, should you judge? People look very lost. And I hope, like the player, you don't expect judgment Sunday for an angel to come down today and do judgment for us. Eh? Oh, Bishop Baba, Leshida, Shashai. The second. Praise be to God. Alright, so to answer the first question, can man judge? Yes. Should man judge? Yes and no. Have you seen how I've answered you? Can man judge? Yes. Should man judge? Yes and no. Alright. I'm I'm going I'm going to I'm I'm explaining this just because of the purpose of you studying. Because sometimes when you're doing your own study, you say, Pastor said we should judge. But then I came across a scripture. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1. Matthew chapter number 7 and verse 1. What does the Bible say? Judge what? Hey, of course, sir. Judge not that you not that you should be not judged. Next verse. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. So it's possible to judge, right? But then the Bible says, judge not. But if you decide to judge, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Glory to God. So what, what is Jesus first saying in Matthew chapter 7 verse 1? He says what? Don't judge. Tell your neighbor, don't judge. Alright, Jesus speak to us in John chapter 7 and verse 24. Jesus is speaking to us again. John 7, 24. Matthew 7, 1. Let's hear the words of Jesus. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with the righteous judgment. You just told me in Matthew 7, don't judge. Here you're telling me to judge with a righteous judgment. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. Let's see what the revelator, Apostle Paul, begins to say. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Hey! Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. We now understand when someone says, 
Pastor was reading the scriptures and I don't understand. Because imagine you go to Matthew 7, you jump to John 7, and you sh- you'll be like, Manja ni zachita bwanchi zona, municha confused. Lord, I just want to know your word. Huh? I just want to read the Bible and grow. But how will it work for me? You are telling me don't judge. And I stop judging. Then the next day I read John 7, it says judge with the righteous judgment. I begin to start judging. What really are you talking about? Amen and amen. That's why the Bible tells us that we should pray for our eyes to be enlightened with what? Understanding. So that we may understand what is being talked about. Are we ready to understand what is being talked about? Awesome. Now, you understand like the time I spoke, I taught on power. You understand that from the original writings... There are certain words which are different, but when translated, they are the same. Like for example, when we talk about iskus, exosia, kratos, it's, trans- it's translated into what? Power. When we talk about makrothumia, hupumone, it is translated into what? When we talk about agape, what else? Erois, what else? Filio, stoich, it's translated into what? Uh-huh. In the same way, the word judge has got different words. The first word for the word judge is krino. The second word, the Greek word rather, of the word judge is anakrino. Somebody say krino. Somebody say anakrino. If you want to verify, get it from the Concord Dictionary. Or rather, get it from the Hebrew Bible. That's all. That's what we tell people. Verify. Amen and amen. Krino and anakrino. Now, these words mean different. Matthew 7 verse 1 said, do not krino. John chapter 7 verse 24 said, judge with a righteous krino. Anacrino, rather. So one said, do not crino. The other one says, do not... Uh, one says, do not crino. The other one says, you should anacrino. Apostle Paul says, judge. A spiritual man judges all things. That's anacrino. Now, what's the distinction? The word crino is to pass a final sentence of condemnation. That's crino. It's to pass a final sentence or condemnation. So when Jesus said, do not judge, and in this context, he was talking about people. He said, when you go to people, don't pass a final sentence. Don't pass a final sentence or condemn them. Because if you pass a final sentence and condemn them, you will be judged as well. That's what Jesus said. He says, do not crino. The one which he, he, he refused was crino. To pass a final sentence or condemnation on someone. So imagine you meet a person, he's sinning, and then you say, ah, oh, you are signed up to hell. Crino. Amen and amen. It's a crino. And that's the one you were forbidden to pass. Now, anacrino is not crino. 
in anacrino you don't condemn you examine that's why the bible says a spiritual man judges all things meaning he can examine everything he can deeply analyze the situation and say this situation is like this 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 and this all right let's find a way to correct it amen and amen so should you judge yes and no glory to god but i want us to understand jesus very carefully because there are certain things that he was saying that were spoken in a certain certain context anacrino has to deal with examining like for example is here and i come as a man of god and i say um is your name sarah ah uh, i think you will marry in the next one week because i've seen you you've already paid robola all right what i've done is that i've spoken a word him he judges he's analyzing is this true or not that's anacrino So he has the right to examine any prophetic word and the same one as well. <laughs> Hallelujah. So what is he doing? He's judging. But notice he's not made a final condemnation or a final decision over that matter. He's just examined. But now does it mean that God only wants us to just examine things? What about doing final condemnations? Can't we say die in the name of Jesus? Yeah. Eh, because those are final, those are judgments. Now, you observe something. Give me NIV, Matthew 7 and verse 2. Matthew 7 and verse 2. For in this Okay, start from this one. just for their understanding do not judge or you too will be judged they want this is screen all right then go on for in the same way you judge what others so the context is do not judge people it's not the context is not do not judge situations the context is also do not judge wickedness amen and amen so it is possible for crino to take place or to be used by us but we are just not permitted to use it on people because people have got redemption are you getting this but we There are certain places where crino is done. And even God uses it. Because if he doesn't use it, he will cease to be a just God. It's it's when it is due. When Sodom and Gomorrah is dist- is being destroyed, crino is not examining, he's destroying. Hey amen and amen. In the same way for us our judgment our crino is not against people that's why the bible says you do not wrestle against what flesh and blood 
but you can exercise krino in the realm of the spirit you can exercise krino over circumstances and situations no weapon fashioned against me shall prosper and every word every tongue that is risen against me i shall condemn that condemning is judging the word you are being judged by the word but you you respond by judging it back again and say it will not work karabashanda amen and amen now let's go to judgment systems i i just had to share this with you so that when you're studying the bible you don't call me a false teacher now when you study the bible starting from about uh hebrews chapter number 6 and verse 1 the bible tells us of what is known as the fundamental doctrines of christ and one of the fundamental doctrines of christ or the elementary principles of christ is uh, it, it lays them out it says let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards god verse 2 it says from the doctrines of baptism the laying on of hands resurrection of the dead and the doctrine of eternal judgment there is a doctrine that is known as eternal judgment amen and amen these are these are judgments that are passed from they are passed in the realm of eternity they are they are when they are passed it will be forever like for example people being thrown into the lake of fire that's an eternal judgment amen and amen but from the light of the scriptures you will observe that they are not only what are known as eternal judgments there are other judgments which are not necessarily eternal amen and amen and this is what we want to look at because judgments have been passed from the past judgments are being passed even today and there will be judgments that are going to be passed in future do you know that and i want to show you there are certain judgments that were passed uh, right in the past in the garden of eden when man fell god passed a judgment on each of them including the serpent so when we talk about judgments that happened in the past we can point out one of the first ones which is the edenic judgment it happened in the garden of eden they told him you you shall do this you shall sweat did this sweat yes you you shall eat on your from your belly did it yes but those were not eternal amen and amen apart from the edenic judgment we also have a judgment that is also known as the antediluvian judgment now what is antediluvian is just simply the time frame before the flood is the old yeah So you will notice during the flood there was a judgment. So if you don't use antediluvian just say the judgment during the flood. Yeah. Instead of complicating matters. That was a judgment over the whole universe. God passed it, everyone gone except Noah and his household. Amen and amen. There are many judgments that we see also being passed. Like in the time of Egypt judgments were being passed. over Egypt and Pharaoh's household. And obviously one of the major judgments that we see take place is on the cross of Calvary. Where sin was judged. 
where Jesus took your place, received your judgment. Ah, that one. That was one of the most important judgments to ever take place because it brought redemption for us. Amen and amen. Now, when we go to judgments that happened in the, that's that's judgment that's happened in the past. Now let's go to judgments that are going to happen in future. There are quite a number of them actually. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, the Bible reveals to us that there will be a judgment known as the judgment seat of Christ. I'll not really go deep into it. But in the judgment seat of Christ, what is going to happen in, this is also known as the Bema, where we are going to be judged as believers. What are you going to be judged according to? Your works. The things you are doing right now, your service will go through fire. You think <laughs> God, God will make sure all those things you are doing as an usher, as a, as, a, as a praise team member, that commitment, all that will go through fire. And he will judge and reward accordingly. That's the judgment seat of Christ. Apart from the judgment seat of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse 2 to about verse 3 shows us another kind of judgment. Praise be to God. This kind of judgment is the judgment of angels. Now look at what's very interesting. Do you want to read it with me? One, two, three, go. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world and the world will be judged by you? you mm, the smallest matters? Verse 3. Verse 3. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? Uh-oh. There will be also a judgment of angels. And who's going to conduct the judgment? You. Now you're going to judge angels. You don't even see angels. Zankara bonji. Zampo ponsa wa nebo. Nkuchita bonji, eh? So there's going to be judgment of angels and we're going to be doing it. Why? Because angels are messengers to the heirs of salvation who are you and I. That moment when I said in the name of the Lord Jesus I want this. How fast were you Mr. Angel to bring that thing? <laughs> judged <laughs> glory to God there's not only what is known as the judgment of angels in Revelation chapter 20 the Bible tells us there's what is also known as the great white throne judgment the great white throne judgment will be the judgment of non-believers hello and that's why I want you to understand. Today, I want to correct your understanding. When, we are, when there is going to be judgment, there is no such thing as a believer and an unbeliever in the same line, and one is going left and going right. 
There is no such thing, non-biblical. I know you acted it out, but it's not biblical. Amen and amen. Believers will be judged themselves under the judgment seat of Christ. And the judgment of the believers is not crino, it's for rewards. For the great white throne judgment for non-believers, all of them are in the same line. They all know where they are going. But they will still be judged. He will not just so. He will, Josephine was preaching the word to you. You refused. You this, this, and that. That's the great white throne judgment. The gossipers, the liars, the thieves, the shani, the false prophets. Pamozina satana kolas. Tien ngenan mon. And obviously the last and final judgment of those who are going to participate in the great white throne judgment, the last and final judgment is that they will experience what is known as the second death. The second death is when hell, you, you think going to hell is bad. No, no. It's, it's not the worst actually. It's bad, but it's not the worst. The worst is when hell is thrown in the lake of fire. That's the final judgment. If someone says hell is hot, <laughs> wait for the lake of fire. Hey, the second death. Then death and heads were cast into the lake of fire. Hell, the whole of hell is thrown into fire. In Matthew 25, they also, the Bible also tells us another kind of judgment. There's what is known as the judgment of nations. Ah, I wonder how this one will be. Uh, what is known as the judgment of nations? This nation, Shani, Zambia, what? We're here. So if you want to be a president, careful. But in as much as there are past judgments and future judgments that are going to take place, the Bible tells us there are also judgments that take place right here and right now. Alright? There are judgments that take place in now. You can be judged. You can be judged in this dispensation in the now. Now, what are the judgments that take place now? Obviously, the first one is anacrino, which are self-evaluations. Where Jesus even comes to you and says, I know your works. You are doing this, you are doing that. Uh-uh, change. That's a, that's a judgment. You've been evaluated. Where they give you, he's, he's, he's evaluating you and he's giving you a grade of what you are doing right now. He says, the way you are serving here on earth, if I were to grade you with a system of F, you, with, with man, you've gotten an F. So he will say change, and he will say, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen and amen. So not only are there self-evaluation judgments, there are also what are known as divine discipline judgments. Divine discipline judgments. What's an example of a divine discipline judgment? Moses, you hit the rock twice. You're not going anywhere. You've been dis That's discipline. It's a divine discipline. 
Do you want to know another divine discipline? Suspension. Uh -huh. Suspended divine discipline. It's a judgment. Banned judgment. They are divine disciplines. And what does the Bible say? He disciplines those who he loves. They are necessary for the purpose of growing, for the purpose of being perfected. So when a divine discipline is issued against you, you have no right to say it should have been this way. Amen and amen. Number three. Another kind of judgment is when a current judgment is being given rewards. Did you know that rewards are not only given in heaven? The Bible says physical exercise profits a little, but godliness profits in all things. I'm not sure what that scripture is. Should be First Timothy 4, 8. I'm not sure. Maybe someone can find it for me. It says physical exercise profits a little, but godliness profits in all things. Then it says this, this has a promise in the now and in the life to come. Notice it says it has a promise. It has a benefit in the now and in the life to come. You found it? Yeah, I was good at that. Wonderful. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Having what? Promise of the life. That is where? Now. And when? And that which is to come. So God can reward you for living holy now. It's not just then. He can reward you for staying pure now. There are rewards that take place now. So you can't say me, I'm just the same. We're all the same. You're not all the same. You can't compare a person that exercises godliness and one who's walking and exercising wickedness. Because even wickedness has a reward now and also in the life to come. That's why both of them are called the mystery of godliness and the mystery of wickedness. They can both affect you now. Amen and amen. One time Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he says, if this little child gives you water just for my sake, my father in heaven will reward you. You surely not, the person will not miss their reward. So there are times where God will respond to certain postures in the now. Another posture that God responds to in the now is honor. One stream is through parental honor. Children, do not, do not uh, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother for this is the first commandment with a promise that you may live long. Live long where? In heaven, there's nothing like living long. It's here. So in the same way, you disobey your parents. What are you doing? You're assaulting your life now. 
So there are judgments also that also take place in the now. Change your judgment. You want to change the narrative of judgment? Change your ways. Hello. Honor. These are things that provoke judgment. Honor of parents. Honor of your teachers, of your spiritual leaders. Glory to God. And lastly, the other judgment that is there is a judgment of divine order and enforcement that happens right now. There are certain judgments that are there now to bring forth order. Hallelujah. They are there to bring order. They take place now. Have you noticed, it's not all the time that you hear someone say, today we're going to have seven days of warfare. So when it comes, you need to be wise to take an opportunity. Why? Because there are those moments where in the realm of the spirit, the atmosphere requires people to bring order and enforcement. Hallelujah. So, we're going to look at these last two forms of judgment in the now. The judgment that has to do with rewards. Oh, and by the way, rewards, rewards are dependent on your posture. Have you noticed in the book of Psalms, it says, surely the wicked shall not miss their reward. <laughs> what is their reward? Then it says, with you, you shall be satisfied with long life. So there, when we're talking about rewards, this is, it's twofold, and it happens in the now. So, we're focusing on what? Rewards, the judgment of rewards, and we're focusing on what? Divine order and enforcement. Now, what's the difference? With regards to rewards, with regards to rewards, it is God, the supreme judge, who passes those judgments. With regards to rewards, it is God who passes them. Now, with regards to divine enforcement and order, God delegates to men to pass those Hello. So let's start with rewards. Psalms chapter number 121 and verse 1. Ah, one of my favorites. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? Aha, uh -huh, next verse. My help comes from where? The Lord who made heaven and earth. It's Dikweza Maso Langa Kumapiri Tandi Zolanga Lizera Kwayehova. So if we're talking about 
the reward kind of judgment that takes place in the now this one is initiated by us provoking god and us having access to god commands us to run to god for certain things to happen there are certain cases that needs to go to the lord and when those cases go to the lord you are saying lord settle my matter lord deal with my case i need your judgment expressed arise oh lord and that's why the psalmist is able to say i'm going to lift my eyes to god from where does my help comes from and you say my help comes from god why he knows that when he calls unto the name of the lord he will be saved in isaiah chapter 43 verse 26 it tells us put me in remembrance this is god who are saying that put me in remembrance he did not retire from these saints of god put me in remembrance let us contend together state your case that you may be acquitted who acquits a judge so with regards to the first arena of us receiving judgment through the reward of the lord or the intervention of god we have access or rather we get to access his throne or we get to access what is known as the courts of heaven amen and amen obviously yes the heaven has courts why how do we know why is there a judgment seat why is there a throne so the bible says put me in remembrance so there are certain cases in your life which may be so difficult so overwhelming you've tried to sort them out what do you do in such moments escalate it to heaven said dear lord mm, this one is only you cases like when you meet the red sea we can't tell the people to swim they will not manage because just a swimming pool people struggle to reach halfway what more a sea so we can't tell people to swim we need to call unto god because when god answers is going to declare and speak to the waters to say make room my people want to pass amen and amen hebrews 4 verse 16 says come boldly to the throne of grace come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace If you remember our previous scripture it says righteousness and justice are the foundations of the throne and from them mercy is released. 
So yes, your situation sometimes may demand you to escalate the problem to God. And in that moment, the Bible tells us you and I have the right to go before God. And if we can go before God, we can present the matter and say, Mm-mm, Daddy, state your case. If you say, I'm, if you are suffering, tell him I am suffering. In that moment, yes, you thank him, you honor him. But now get real and say, Ah, he never voted. You state your case. And when you present your case to him, he has to respond and answer. In Psalm 68 verse 1, the Bible tells us how David is saying, let God arise and let his enemies scatter. It's not all the time that God is seated. There are times he has to arise. Just let him arise and let his enemies scatter. And his enemies are twofold. Those who are not with him. His enemy, the enemies of God are twofold. Amen. How are they twofold? Number one, those who are not with him are the first kinds of enemies. But his second enemies are those who are against you. So sometimes when you fight someone, you might become an enemy of God. And this is what the Pharisee Gamaliel warned his friends about fighting the disciples. Remember? Do you also remember when Saul was persecuting the church? He was killing them. Who appeared to him? Jesus. Ha! Jesus, Sumunkala, he, he appeared to, to Saul. And he says, Saul, Saul, why do you what? Persecute me. But was Saul touching Jesus? No, he was touching Jesus' body, the church. So the head came. Why do you persecute me? Okay, no problem. I'll make sure. Number one, call in. Number two, before you be, walk in your apostleship, I will make sure the same church that you were fighting is the same one which will give you help before you manifest. And how did that happen? The Bible tells us that Saul went, entered into Damascus and he was blind. The man had a calling, but only until Ananias, a man from the church, prayed for him. But no, I'm going to pray for And you will notice, Saul was fasting. He only received his healing when the church helped him. Keep saying, it's me and God alone. Okay. <laughs> you can't separate the head from the, the body. You can't. Sometimes, I know that, I know we love to say the church wounds. Yeah, Kairi, that's where the, the body, where, where are the hands? <laughs> where are the hands? They're in the body. <laughs> so they slap sometimes. But it's okay, understand. Amen and amen. They slap. In Psalms chapter number 17, 5 and verse 6, Oh, start from 
there. Oh yeah, that's okay. This word exhortation says for exhortation, which means for promotion, comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Next verse. But God, what is the judge? He puts down one and exhorts another. So when you escalate a case before the Lord, when you escalate a problem before the Lord, or have a posture that provokes God's judgment, God can arise to deal with your situation. Somebody say, Dear Lord, settle my matter. Say it again. Say, Dear Lord, settle my matter. Now, since we are still dealing with a place where God is the judge in certain situations, I want to show you the easiest vehicles or the easiest platforms to access God. The first platform is prayer. If, if prayer was never a point, Nishkaya, Prayer, the word of God, is like they're the most common points, but people don't use them. Simple formulas, it's like for everything. You want this, I'll tell you pray. You want this, read the word. You want, but application. So what's the easiest way to escalate your matter before God? It's in prayer. Luke chapter number 18 and verse 1. Let's read. Luke 18 and verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to do what? Pray and not lose heart. So what was the parable? Let's read. There was a certain city, there was rather in a certain city a judge, a judge who did what? Who did not fear God, nor regard man. So you see, this judge did not fear God. He did not regard man. So it simply means in his judgments, he was never just. He had what are known as unfair judgments. They were never righteous and they were not just. Next verse. Now there was a certain widow in a city. She came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. She knew that if my enemies need to be dealt with, I need to get justice from the judge. So she was asking, the problem is that she went to an unrighteous judge. She went to a wicked judge. So she was saying, get, get justice for me. Next verse. The Bible says, and he would not for a while. So you see the problem with the justice, with, with when there's no judgment, there's no peace, there's no order. So she was just, ah, anyway, see here. Then he says, but afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God, nor regard man, uh-huh. yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continually coming, she worries me. <laughs> ah. Grant me justice. Ah, the man will say, go. Ah, 
the next day she will come grant me justice go the next day grant me justice go imweshua grant me justice eh? this man said nini zafa in with this kind of stinging behavior <laughs> so he says i don't respect god i don't respect man but because she's troubling me i'm going to grant her justice and that's how the bible is teaching us in the same way men ought to pray but don't faint but listen what is more encouraging is that we don't pray to a wicked and an unjust judge what's more encouraging is that we pray to the supreme judge who has regard for men and his affairs So for us what shall we do? We shall go before the Lord with boldness and ask for grace and say, "Oh Lord, avenge. Come through for me. Come through for me, Father. Mm, this situation has taken too long. I have been crying like Hannah, crying for a child, a child, a child. Please, Lord, settle my situation. Settle. Settle the things that are happening in my family, Father." That's what the Bible says. go before him and when you do that god will not respond to you because you are getting him tired he will respond to you because he loves justice he loves it and that's why the bible in timothy tells us he will trouble they that trouble me he loves it But in such moments where your problems are very problematic and stubborn you must be very careful to have the right posture when you are approaching the supreme judge Do you know why some of your problems don't end is because sometimes you go before God in prayer with the wrong posture and when i say the wrong posture sometimes you go before God in prayer and you are believing he's the one who's put you in that situation You're believing he's punishing you. You're believing he's dealing with you. But you will not see God both as a problem and a solution. You will be cross-eyed. <laughs> you can't. It's either you see him as a problem and it's either you see him as a solution. There's only one. So if you go before the Lord and say, mm, "Father, I need a solution. I need a solution in this matter. Release your judgment. For you, hold on to his leg until he says my son okay. That's how it is. So what do you do? Are you faced with a situation that needs the judgment of God? As persuaded by the spirit. If the spirit, that's the Bible says if you are in trouble pray. So the Holy Spirit, that's why you find that many people when they are in trouble that's when they don't want to pray so the holy spirit will just inspire you just begin to pray this one let's escalate it and while you are praying man say balabashanda he will tell you okay let's go Three days prayer and fasting ah hey no problem lodesh ketepepepe okay let's go Seven days of warfare ah okay shapapapapa he wants you to hold on every day the bible says men ought always to pray That's why I was encouraging you start from 1 to 7 not 1 or 5 then next year na foot ah, you start 
If you are tired, don't do pray still more. Day three, you are still tired, pray. Not to pray. Attendance one. Waburapo pa four. Waburapo pa five for two minutes. Waburapo na pa seven at grand finale. <laughs> That's just also a sign that there's something wrong with their heart and your posture. Glory to God. So prayer is that platform where you and I get to escalate situations before the Lord. Another platform that you use to escalate situations before the Lord come. Yes. Another platform that you use to escalate situations before the Lord. I like what he's wearing. It's praise. <laughs> it's praise. Because remember, you your your job is first to access the throne of grace. And your easiest way to access your throne of grace is I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with you enter with praise. Now imagine you you need judgment. Your situation is paining, but God wants you to dance into his presence. I know it doesn't make sense. How can I be dancing? Vivaba. But because you want quick judgment, your dancing is already a declaration of your result. Ah, that's why study Numbers chapter number 12, you will notice something. God has always been very deliberate in how he would do certain things. Do you know when, when the 12 tribes of Israel were moving, they used to move by tribe. There was not at Iwe, Judah, No, they used to move by tribe. If you are from Judah, stay with Judah. If you are from this, stay with this. It's divine order. If you are from, if you are from Naphtali, stay with Naphtali. If you are from Life Rich, okay. It's order. That's order. He doesn't expect you to be every. Ah. All right. Let me teach this. In Numbers chapter number 12, when God was telling the tribes to move, the first thing he said, that was in verse 9, he said the first tribe to start off should be Judah. You are 12, but I want the first one. Judah, come. Judah. What does Judah mean? Praise. It simply means when you are moving, he wants you. You are marvelous. You are marvelous. You are marvelous. 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 Now listen. Judah was not the firstborn. It's not the firstborn that moves. No offense to every firstborn. He was the fourthborn. But in the usage of God, 
it is programmed not by age but by grace that's why a man like Moses younger than both Aaron and Miriam who were older siblings was their leader yeah and when the elder sister decided to talk about the marriage of the younger brother thinking that she is just looking out for broski the woman got leprosy it was uncleanness so you see with your unclean mouth your whole body becomes unclean and they pushed her out of the camp for a while after seven days of warfare yeah it was after seven days for her purification and then she came back but we're talking about the formation the bible says judah had to march first then they called abena simeon tie simeon simimi abena simeon and then they started calling the others abena shan but what was very interesting is that kumalast in the rear end there was a tribe that was introduced in the rear end and that tribe come was known as the tribe of dan the word dan means judgment hey so what god did is that he said first start with praise go in praise as you go in praise the others will start following you and i'm reserving judgment for last i'm reserving judgment for last so that when you walk in praise if they accept you ah let your peace remain with them this one will release peace but if they reject you shake 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 forth your your shoes shake off the dust because this one done judgment will release judgment on what rejects you divine formations very very strategic he just doesn't he, he didn't clearly he didn't never never did he ever start with done to be never never read never it it was always judah 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 sometimes sometimes in certain cases it would not be judah sometimes it would be levi yeah. all right they are crossing they are crossing the river jordan they are crossing the river jordan but they can't cross the river jordan without a miracle So what do they do? They introduce priests because priests know how to pray. These are the ones who will take the lead. And they will shkata palamanda shilebe sotosh. And as they do that, prayer will address your situation. It will be risketelentesh ketesh. By the time Levi reaches the waters, the waters know that the prayer warriors are here. and the nation of israel is here permit them to pass permit them to pass they are in their garments please don't mess up with them because the anointing that is over a priest eh, 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 i can't play with it 
So situations will respond easily to your prayer. Enemies will easily scatter with your praise. In battle, <laughs> in battle he will tell them, Okay, Levi, you are going to go. And then you are going to be surrounding Jericho. You are going to be moving and moving and moving and moving and making a great shout and making a great shout. And afterwards, you are going to raise a voice of praise. You are going to raise a great shout in the auditorium. And when you raise that shout of praise, there's going to be confusion in the camp of the enemy. Ah, 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 ah. And because of that, you are going to influence the God who is known as Elohim, the supreme God, the supreme judge. And wow, done is coming. Judgment is coming. Wow, done is coming. Judgment is coming. And you, that's when we say, Lord, let God arise and all his enemies scatter and all his enemies scatter it's a divine system that's why you need to make sure these are two things that the bible tells you never to close your mouth over prayer and praise it is the same thing that apostle paul understood and he says why should i just use one let me use both of them they are caught with Paul and Silas in the prison cell. And at midnight hour, the Bible says, they began to both pray and praise God. It says, I need double, double. And they said, And after they began to do that, they began to praise God. You are great. You are great. You are great. You are awesome. You are awesome. And the Bible says, suddenly, there was a shaking. <laughs> hey, there was a shaking. And after there was a shaking, chains. Ah, who spoke to the chains? Who spoke to the chains? Who spoke to the chains? It's because when you allow prayer and praise to come in, when judgment is following behind, you don't even need to say a word. You don't need to even address your situation. Because judgment will address your situation. Hey! Hallelujah. And that's what they did. Their chains broke. And after their chains broke, all the prison cells were free. And everyone was free. And the man said, Huh? What is this? That God that you want, that you have, I want him. I want him. Notice this is what happens. For me, I want to believe. Where, where does God just initiate an earthquake with a certain magnitude to just come boom? Who knows? Maybe he puts his toe down. Who knows? Maybe we should see it in the spirit. Eh? Maybe he just releases a boom. That one was. He says, that one was just my door. If I put my foot down, yeah, if I put my foot down, it's going to be divine judgment against your life. Amen and amen. That's why the Bible says, come boldly. You need to know your judge. 
you need to know your judge others are having judges they would go to certain ngangas or they would go to certain spirits they have their own judges who they would do certain things but you, you should know i know my judge his jehovah el gibo sometimes he dresses up as a warrior and when he dresses up as a warrior <laughs> he comes with my goodness glory to god and that's the god we serve that's the god we serve you've got to learn to escalate your problems don't just say ah wait is that pita moso chabe if you are tired you're going to say no 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 i'm not, i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do this let me first start with a capress song pa and when you put a capress song you say you are marvelous yeah you are marvelous yeah you are marvelous Marvelous, yeah, you are my, yeah, you are marvelous, yeah. And you go, marvelous, yeah. You are marvelous, yeah. Marvelous, yeah. Marvelous. Then you're gonna say, you are very big, yeah. Very big, yeah. Very big, yeah. No, no. to become a sword and you begin to say santa even though i look mad even though i look as if i'm not making sense i know my prayer is making change rakata manda riba babayata ikatoza rekata lamanta even though i pray like a madman i don't care I'm going to rikata paya papa rapapa ya kata ya lamante roko libalata isoshketeleketesh ele and when you say in Jesus name I pray God will say thank you very much let me take over now ah 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 yeah 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 escalate problems you can escalate it and say hey, hey this one <laughs> this one needs the hand of god the slap of god the kick of god the elbow of god it needs fire from the lord amen and amen that is when you escalate your problems and god releases judgment but now listen sit down thank you but now there's another kind of judgment in the now after you've provoked god there's another kind of judgment where god now delegates the case to you amen and amen there's another kind of judgment where god delegates the case to you and this one we see it in uh, jeremiah 51 and verse 20 ramashi bibi Jeremiah 51 and verse 20 Now God is speaking Do you listen to what he's saying He's saying you Do you never say you He says you are my battle axe and my weapons of war God is now speaking to you He's saying you you are my battle axe 
my weapons of war for with you I will break the nation in pieces with you I will destroy kingdoms we know the kingdom God was talking about Uh, it's not a rumor (laughs) he says with you I will destroy kingdoms because we know where the kingdom of darkness wanted to est- wants to establish itself. It's where you are. So there's another place of judgment where God delegates judgment to you. Ha. Ah. He delegates judgment to you. He says, "Ah, uh-uh, now you are my battle axe." That's why you will notice in one place uh, David is saying, "Let God arise." and his enemies scatter. But in another place, he's saying, Dear Lord, you train me for battle. You train me for battle that I am able to bend a bow of steel. So he understands there's a place where God needs to arise, release judgment, but there's a time where I become the manifestation of judgment. And when I become the manifestation of judgment, wherever I appear, I am part of God's elite group, God's special forces. When I appear, the enemy disappears. When I appear, things need to put into need to be put into place. That's why the Bible describes both the ministry of you and the church as the restrainers. The Bible says these ones, the restrainers will be there, and while the restrainers are there, the Antichrist will not manifest until the restrainer has been taken away. So you find that the Antichrist wants to manifest. He wants to initiate his program. But there's a person called Vakete. He say, ah, well, not today, not today, not today, not today. When someone wants to bring another thing, you hear there's a man called Dikon Samuel, called of God. Here he is, his Kariatapata. Where wickedness comes in a place, you say, not in my country. Not in my country. Not in my country. Who says, Satan, go! So in the place where God uses you to be a judge or to be a person that executes judgment is where now he tells you, my son, uh, uh, you do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I want you to put on the full armor. (laughs) The full armor of what? Of God. He's telling you put on God himself. Put on the full armor of God. Take the breastplate of righteousness. Take the helmet of salvation. Wear the shoes of peace. Wear the, the belt of truth. Get your shield of faith and get the sword of the spirit. And as you get the sword of the spirit, don't forget Ephesians chapter number 6 verse 18. Those are called the intercessors. Everyone who's going to pray behind you, as you have that armor with you, come some intercessors. Maybe some intercessors can just come up behind me. It says, as you have, as you have that armor with you, now begin to wage war. As you are waging war, you have the shield. But while you are doing that, you know that there is a person that is praying for me. I have a prayer partner. I have an accountability partner. As I am fighting, they are following me behind. They are covering me with their prayers. They are covering me with their prayers. They are covering me. And I'm initiating judgment. And when I see wickedness in my nation, I'll say, No! When I see accidents in my nation, I'll say, No! When I see so, when I see death in my family, I'll say, No! What will I do? Judgment, 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 judgment. I'll forbid 
why because it is to you that jesus says i have given you the keys whatsoever you permit here on earth heaven will say amen <laughs> whatsoever you say no to heaven will say amen there are times where listen there is warfare that comes from heaven that earth agrees and warfare that comes from earth that heaven agrees so when god is the judge and gives you now a delegation of judgment it simply means the battle now is on earth start sorting it out start sorting it out how are you going to sort it out you understand number one that you are a king who carries the word of god you're going to declare things you're going to say things and say no 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 not in my country not in my family i remember just here there was a time i told you i found myself in a in a vision and i saw a witch going to my my, my mother's house and I, I asked you where are you going what are you going to do no i'm going to bring sickness to her i said get the hell out of this place i'm not going to allow you to do that come on go 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 listen you need this place of manifestation to become a judge because your family relies on your manifestation your nation depends on it if David does not arise for Israel Goliath is going to mock Israel if he doesn't arise Israel will just watch but when David sees Goliath mock Israel he will say what who is that uncircumcised Philistine how dare you defile the name of the Lord I'm not going to allow that no 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 and David runs to Goliath my goodness gets his stones says today you will feel it you will feel it and he hits him one Goliath goes to the ground chops off his head and David has executed judgment and guess what because of that Israel can now rejoice that's why you and I need to manifest when we tell you pray we know that your family depends on it some of you your family members have not gone to church for 75 years they are just at home they are seated but you who has the privilege to come here god is giving you a responsibility to be the sort to be the preservers of their life sometimes satan can send arrows to them but because you are manifesting as a judge because you are declaring judgment against their life ah my goodness you you definitely see results that will frustrate the works of the enemy there are judgments that we need to bring forth now there are judgments that we need to communicate right now and you have to ensure that you allow the lord to use you on one moment the bible tells us that the apostle paul was preaching the word of god and while he was preaching the word of god there was a man by the name of elimas the man was blinding the listener of the word of god he was distracting him and apostle paul spoke in judgment saying you 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 will be blind for a season you've been an enemy of god you wanted to blind someone from receiving the word you will be blind in this life he released judgment from the mouth of God. Amen and amen. Saints of God, thank you. Saints of God, I came to encourage somebody that things change in life by deliberate actions. They just don't change like that. Seasons don't just change like that. There has to be a force 
there has to be a response either from God and from you to do that in some cases you just need to escalate your own problem and say dear lord come through for me come through for me in this situation and god will definitely step in for you but there are certain cases that god will say now i've delegated to you resist the devil and he will flee from you he will tell you be vigilant fight the good fight of faith there are places where he will delegate to you but you need to discern in those moments what is my delegation moment or what is my seeking moment sometimes in your seeking moment you say don't worry just deal with it yourself but sometimes you say come come to me there are moments god will say go and fight but there are moments god will say stand still and see the salvation of the lord and you need those moments in your life that's a life that we must live in a life where there are judgment systems which are effective and put in place when you notice that wickedness is ruling in the earth and it seems like it's quiet then the church is being called start making judgments start doing things but there are certain times that God will just not allow certain things to happen he will also just not allow them in his divine greatness and capacity as a judge the call to you today is what are you doing about the situations around you what are you doing about the situations that are taking place in your family before we even go to your family what are you doing about the situations that are happening in your life do you know it's now seem like prayer is a hoax or like a scam but no it's not the god we serve is active he is real he is very much available he is the author of life realness authenticity he's there but what are you doing about it you are allowing satan to deceive you and tell you don't even pray about it your prayer is a waste of time yet in luke chapter number 18 the bible says men ought to pray and not faint they ought to keep praying they ought to keep pressing and pressing and pressing what are you doing about it what are you doing about the things that are going on in your family listen don't just focus on just getting yourself to a place where you have access to money. Money is a powerful virtue, but there are places that money will never take you. Only the grace of God. Only walking in a place of you exercising your authority as a believer will effect certain change in your life. Amen and amen. What are you doing about it? There are so many souls in your life that are not saved. You're just watching them. You're just looking at them and you're focusing on your personal life. No, 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 no. God is relying on you being a judge to bring them to a, a place of understanding. God is relying on you. We thank God for you now. You no longer have bad dreams. But listen to your cousins. Listen to your siblings. They are complaining that they are being tormented. They are complaining that things are not working for them. They are complaining that they can't get anything. They are complaining that they are they have degrees, they have qualifications, but there is nothing that is coming out of them. Some of them are failing in their marriages. Some of them are failing in their businesses. Yet you understand that what they are going through is not ordinary and is not normal. And you are doing nothing about it. When God says, I'm looking for someone who will stand in the gap. Are you going to be that person to stand in the gap for your family? 
to stand in the gap for this nation to stand in the gap for your church to stand in the gap for the move of God are you going to be that dependable vessel are you really going to be Let's rise to our feet. Pass on.